episode 107, How to Prepare for Clinical Supervision on the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. So what is something that clinical social workers all do, but we hardly ever talk about? Clinical supervision. Yes, if you are a clinical social worker in the United States, you are very familiar with this term or you will be if you haven't started it already. So clinical supervision is the process that is required of clinical social workers to go through so that we can have the proper training and guidance and mentorship that we need to be effective clinical social workers. And that is in the nutshell, that there is a lot of politics and different opinions about clinical supervision and the gatekeeping that goes on and the tests and the whole structure. But for right now, we are going to talk about how you can use these sessions to the best of your ability because you have this chance to learn from someone else in the field or from other groups of peers if you happen to be doing group supervision. And it's important that you are able to utilize this time effectively so that you can learn as much as you possibly can and you can be as effective as possible because after clinical supervision is over, that is it, my friends. That is it. You are on your way. And unless you seek out additional group consultations or if you have co-workers that you can meet with regularly to process cases, clinical supervision is it. So we really need to be sure that you are well prepared. Simultaneously, if you are the clinical supervisor, it's important too that you are prepared because not all of your supervisees are going to listen to this episode, which they should. But I digress. (laughs) So, um, This episode is going to talk to the interns, the supervisees, as well as the clinical supervisors about ways that we can show up prepared and ready to have a meaningful, engaging session so that we're not wasting time, right? We don't have time to be wasting time, not about that life. So I'm really excited that we get to talk with Lucretia Stewart. She is a clinical social worker and she is based out of Washington, D.C. Well, I'm sorry. She's up there in the, um, on the East Coast, and she is licensed in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. She has more than eight years of clinical social work experience, 
as a medical and psychiatric social worker. She's currently working as a public health advisor for the federal government and has a wealth of experience in providing direct clinical services to pediatric, adult, and geriatric populations in the inpatient and outpatient medical facilities. Or you can call these as, or, and also, excuse me, uh, in the community-based settings as well. She's an expert in public health advocacy, evaluation, and treatment planning, as well as evidence-based modalities to address concerns of clients who, while improving one's quality of life and healing. Additionally, we'll talk about some of the services and products that she has personally developed. She is offering career consultation. She has a clinical supervision group that you can get on the wait list for. Um, And of course, she provides clinical supervision services. So we're going to listen to this interview that I did with Lucretia right after we take a listen to this this quick ad from our sponsor, the Rise Directory. And this is a perfect segue because if you are a clinical supervisor, you are desperately, desperately needed in any state that you're in, please make sure that you add yourself to the RISE directory because this is going to be a great way for social workers to find you and be able to seek out your services. Because as we'll talk about, there is a really high need of clinical supervision, but a lot of times social workers just don't know where to go. And the RISE directory is a great place to go to find a clinical supervisor. So if you have not already signed up, you can create a free profile right now. The link is in the show notes. It's risedirectory.com. So let's hop into this episode. This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here, and I am here with Lucretia Stewart. She is a clinical social worker, and you may also have known her from her brand, The Bold Black Social Worker. Welcome, Lucretia. You also go by Cree, so I'll, you know, interchangeably use those names. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate you. Yes, of course. So I'm really excited to get to know you because we had been communicating, I don't know, maybe a year now, six months. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I must've, I've, I saw you on, I saw you on Instagram. Right. And then I saw that you also have the, uh, bold black social worker, clinical supervision planner. And I was yes. like, oh, I, I got to get to know this girl. She is my type of girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a while. We've been corresponding for a while. So I'm glad I was um, able to come in and get on your, your podcast. I'm definitely a fan. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm definitely a fan of this planner. This planner is beautiful, by the way. We'll get into it later, but 
I mean, I'm, I'm a planner freak. Like I love planners. I always have them since like, since high school, I've had a planner. Um, <laughs> so this is a good one, right? <laughs> so you. I'm wondering, you know, you have a planner, which, um, which is amazing, but what is your current role? Like, what do you do, you know, day to day for your full-time job? So my full-time job, I am a public health advisor for SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health um, Agency, a part of Health and Human Services. So I work for the federal government and um, I work with grants. So now previously I was a medical social worker at various hospitals um, for about seven years. And then I transitioned over to the macro side of social work last year so I've been here for a little over a year awesome and so how did you and then you also provide clinical supervision is that right Yes. So with Bold Black Social Worker, I provide clinical supervision as well as career consulting. So helping social workers um, find non-traditional roles uh, within social work. And then I also do a few um, things like public speaking as well as um, peer consultation. So if any social workers, you know, want to discuss a case with me, they're having a really hard time with, I'm all, I'm available for that. Awesome. So you have a bunch of different hustles going on. I love it. Thank so, you. Yeah. So um, so you're working with SAMHSA and that's primarily with addiction, right? Yes. So um, I work with grants who, um, I work with grantees who received um, specific grants for substance abuse with children. So just prevention. I work specifically with prevention. So we're preventing, um, we're, we're funding different programs across the country um, and making sure that we are um, preventing children from using alcohol and marijuana, vapes, things of that nature. That's awesome. I love how we can use our clinical skills in a macro setting because you definitely need those clinical skills to know what you're doing in that setting. Is that right? Yes. So it's like I was basically on the other end of what I'm doing now. Um, so I was on the other end working with different agencies, um, you know, providing the micro or the individual services. And now I can see from the outside looking in programmatically what's going on with the agency. So that's pretty much what I work with. And I love it. It's a different realm. It's completely different from what I've been doing as a medical social worker, but it's so interesting and I, and I really do enjoy it. Yeah, that's great. I know a lot of conversations that we have here on the Social Workers Rise podcast is just exploring different careers that you may not have heard of before. So I really love hearing that you are kind of, you're kind of more in a, not like if you want to call it non-traditional social work role, um, but you're still using your skills and you're still, um, you know, a social worker, if you will, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I work alongside other social workers as well. So, which is, you know, is a beautiful thing to kind of see us transition from, you know, just simple social work positions to, you know, more macro um, roles and realms. So I, I really do enjoy it. And it's definitely something I'm very interested in moving forward with my career. 
Yeah. And I bet that your supervisees really benefit from all of this various experience, the micro and now the macro, because there's, I talked to so many social workers who are interested in that macro side, but they just don't know where to get started. And they feel almost boxed in by their clinical role um, or their clinical skills. But I'm trying to reiterate, you know, and, and maybe you can speak on this, like how, versatile our skills really are. And I'm wondering, you know, how do you, how do you teach that to your supervisees? So for me, I tell people all the time that everything that you're doing can be transferred into any type of career. I feel like having an MSW is probably the most versatile um, degree you can get. You can literally almost do anything. Um, And so what I try to explain to uh, my supervisees and the the social workers that I work with on the career consultation side is that you, and you know, especially within interview settings, you know, you have to sell yourself and you sell yourself by explaining how what you're doing in the clinical world is going to be the same way with, um, in the macro world. So say for instance, if you have a caseload of, you know, a hundred, uh, uh, people in the communities, you can say, you know, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm an expert in, you know, bat- juggling caseloads or maintaining, you know, uh, uh, main, what do I want to say? Maintaining, um, you know, a heavy caseload talking and speaking with other people. Like it's literally the same things. Like it's the same things just in a different realm and I really try to explain that um, when I do my career consultations Um, because a lot of people have a hard time with interviewing and things of that nature so I really just try to you know help them understand and help other social workers understand that everything that we do is transferable into any field. Yes, definitely, definitely. And that's uh, one of the areas that I talk about too, because I'll do career consultations as well. And mm-hmm. people just come because we've been so conditioned in grad school to just be like social work position and that's it. And so we limit ourselves into what we're even looking for. Like we don't even know what to look for. So I love yeah. that you you know bring that out too. And I definitely utilize um, the uh, document that you have about the different social work positions that are out there. You can literally do so much with your degree and people are really just boxed into these, you know, different type of social work um, roles. And it's so much that you can do. It's so much that you can do. I've seen social workers in so many different positions and I'm like, how you have an MSW? That's so cool. I'm telling you, we can do anything. Yes, yes. And I love that you included that list in the clinical supervision planner because it's a list of, I counted it out the other day. Well, I updated it also. So the new <laughs> updated list is now like 197 different roles. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I got to go take a look at that. I have to be take a look at that because it could do anything. You, we, we can do anything. We are the most versatile and I think powerful um, degrees to get. I tell people all the time, just get your MSW. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You want to help people get your MSW. There it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. Start there. <laughs> so I'm wondering, how did you get started as a clinical supervisor? Um, so I first got started uh, 
with clinical supervision, I actually took a course at school in my MSW program. Um, I took a supervision and social work course as, a, as an elective, um, and I loved it. I loved Love, love, loved it. Um, and so that really got me thinking like, this is something that I would want to do, um, you know, in the future. I love cultivating and helping out new social workers. Like that's something that's a passion for me. So I knew that I would be able to do that as an independent um, super social work supervisor. And so I took that course. And then of course, um, so in the state of Maryland, where I'm located, um, you have to wait 18 months after you get your uh, clinical license to become a board certified supervisor. So I um, passed my exam, my clinical exam in 2017. And then 18 months after that is when I started doing clinical supervision. Awesome. Awesome. So I hear from a lot of people that when they show up to their clinical supervision sessions, that it's boring, they feel like they don't get any value from it, that their supervisor just doesn't really talk about anything. And I try to reframe it and put it back on them. Like, well, this is your supervision session. So it's up to you to show up, to be prepared, to know what you want to talk about, to know what are the areas that you need more support in. So I'm wondering, do you have tips or ways that we can be prepared for clinical supervision, you know, for supervisees or interns, but also, you know, for the supervisors too, because not everyone's going to listen to this podcast. So the supervisors (laughs) might need some tips too. (laughs) I understand completely. Um, So as far as, um, some tips for some supervisees, bring cases to your supervisors, bring some issues, bring some cases, bring some things that you're actually working on. And then um, I think that that makes supervision a lot better, especially if you have an independent supervisor, we're not in the roles with you. So you have to bring forth the cases to discuss and talk about. Another thing um, that I suggest for other um, supervisees, especially if you're not doing clinical supervision within your job, my first thing is to tell people, try to find a position that offers clinical supervision. Because supervision, although, you know, this is a business for me, I tell people all the time, get it for free. Because (laughs) I'll tell you, things can get pricey. Things can get dicey. We're in a recession right now. So if you can find a position that offers clinical supervision, take it. Take it. Another thing that I would say for uh, supervisees is to find someone that um, works in a specialty that you're interested in. That's something that I just, I, I I try to implement to the people that I work with. You know, if you're into trauma-focused or trauma-informed care, try to locate a supervisee, I mean, a supervisor that, um, you know, specializes in that and works with that. I think that that is something that is, you know, it's vital because, you know, if you want if you want to do, you know, trauma-informed care and your super, your clinical super, individual clinical supervisor is someone who works in, you know, as a school social worker, then you're not going to be doing the same things or you're not going to be, you know, learning some of the same things. And I also try to tell, you know, other supervisors as well to, you know, if you are, have a supervisee who's in a special social work role and you are provided clinical supervision for them, do not hesitate to ask for help. 
Utilize other peers. Utilize the uh, peer consultation services with RISE. Utilize though all of those things um, to help your supervisee. Because if you're just saying, you know, well, I've never done this or I've never done that, it's a disservice. So make sure that if you are unable to kind of problem solve with their supervisee, make sure that you, you know, have the problem proper resources to at least assist in those difficult cases that you're not familiar with. We are always, always, always learning and evolving as social work supervisors and as social workers, period. So, you know, as a supervisor, do not hesitate to ask for help because we don't know everything. So that's something that I think that social work supervisors need to definitely um, utilize within their sessions. If they don't know something or they're having trouble with it, say, you know, to your supervisor, you say, I'm not really familiar with this, but I want to try to troubleshoot it with somebody else. Ask for assistance. Yeah, I love that. It's so important. It's it's really just practicing that humility and saying, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find out for you. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Do you love horses, nature, and being outside? Do you dream of having a successful career working with horses and helping humans? Horse Therapy Center of Canada provides certification and professional training to mental health professionals like you who want to launch a business or career in equine-assisted therapy. With three different delivery methods, you can become an equine-assisted therapist in as little as four days. For Social Workers Rise podcast listeners like you, my friend, Horse Therapy Center of Canada is offering you up to $700 off of their certification and training programs. So don't wait. Start your career in equine assisted therapy and learning today check the show notes for how you can get started yeah that's what I do you know sometimes I'm not I don't know all the answers I mean I I received my master's in 2015 
Um, but I still don't know everything. I don't know every realm of social work that, you know, the others or the every issue that other social workers are going through, especially with my supervisees. So I say all the time, you know, let me try to troubleshoot this with someone else or, you know, ask your direct supervisor, you know, what would be the best way in the best realm and we can try to work it out together. Um, that's something that I, I try to do, um, just making sure that I'm of assistance, that I'm not just giving out information that, you know, isn't needed or necessary or that I don't, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So just to recap for some tips for interns is to come prepared to clinical supervision with cases that you want to discuss. I know when I was doing clinical supervision in my planner, I would say, you know, me and my planner, right. I would uh, Mm -hmm. write down like, okay, um, I have clinical supervision on this day. And so I would write a list of the different cases that I wanted to discuss because I knew myself that when I got there in front of my supervisor, I would blank and be like, yeah. everything's great. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. No, man, that's, not, that's not how you get help. Mm-hmm. That's not how you understand the difficult things that you're going through. You have to try to troubleshoot it with somebody else. So yes, definitely. Yeah. Cases to discuss. And uh, I love the planner format because you have the clinical supervision session form. So if it were me, like if I were the intern or the supervisee going through here, I would scribble down, you know, in the, in the descriptions, like the things that I want to talk about throughout the week that come up for me. That way I know like it's right here. I'm going to pull this out when I'm with my supervisor and you know, they'll, I, there will be no lack of topics to talk about. Um, So that's really good. Right. And then whatever you guys um, discuss, you put it in a planning section. And so the plan for the next, the next session that you guys have will be X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. And then you'll have it written down of all the things that you're kind of, you know, going through with your supervisor. And it's also um, really good to have, in my opinion, or have the supervision session forms because you can get audited by your board for the supervision that you guys are doing. And then you'll have everything written out and right there that from every session that you've been doing X, Y, Z with your supervisor. And this is what's been going on. Yeah, definitely. So stay organized. We can add that as another tip. (laughs) Stay organized on both sides, supervisors and supervisees. Yep. Stay organized Uh, for interns. um, Also, See if we can find supervision at your place of employment. There are so many jobs that I'm seeing for social workers right now or for clinical social workers, especially Um, make sure that you ask about that, you know, in your interview or you're able to negotiate, you know, if it's not something that they are able to provide, because sometimes there's not a qualified supervisor at every workplace, but you have people like Lucretia who your work can contract with and your work would then pay her. So it's not coming out of your pocket and your, but you would have to negotiate this, you know, after they've offered you the job. Um, And it's something that, you know, I would really encourage you to do. Yes. A lot of my supervisors, I would say about three or four of them um, 
I'm contracted with their employer to provide them supervision because they don't have the capacity to, to provide it for them. A lot of places are, they can't even get social workers in because they're not providing supervision. Like it's vital. And I think that now a lot of the, the employers are noticing that this is something that is going to draw your people into the organization. Yeah. Because all we all want and need to further our careers as social workers. And you can't do that in a role that's not willing to um, cultivate and build your uh, your future or at least assist with it with supervision. Yep. Yep, exactly. And the the last tip that you had for the, the interns or the supervisees is um, if there's a, a specialty that you want to focus in, try to find a supervisor that has that same specialty uh, yes. because, you know, like you said, if you're working in a school, but want to do something completely different, like medical or macro, right. You're going to want someone with that specialty. Um, wait, that's kind of confusing to me. So, <laughs> cause if we're in a school, then we actually do need a supervisor that's within school, right? No, what I what what I was trying to pretty much say is that if you're in a role, like if you're in a school social work role, you wouldn't want to find a supervisor that doesn't have school social work experience. Okay, I mixed it up. Listen uh, to Lucretia. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like, or you know, if you want to um do trauma, if you're interested in trauma-informed care, you're doing trauma-informed social work within your role find a social work supervisor who, you know, has a trauma-informed background or understands trauma-informed care. Um, you know, be specific. If you want a specific knowledge, be specific with your social work supervisor and selecting them outside of your work. Awesome. Yes, definitely. And then some tips for the supervisor is, um, you know, just have humility and ask for help. There are resources available not very many because I've done a lot of research on this, uh, but the the RISE directory, we do offer monthly peer consultations for clinical supervisors and it's open to the community. So um, there, there are some free resources out there and a couple of paid too. I know that um, I've seen some where you can join, you know, for consultation groups and things, but we like to keep it free and open. Um, and then also stay organized for supervisors and also for supervisees. Yes, remaining organized and on top of your documents and documentation because you can get audited. Mm -hmm, definitely. So I'm wondering, Lucretia, kind of switching gears here, what inspired you to create the Bold Black Social Worker Clinical Supervision Planner? So what inspired me was that my so social work supervision journey was really difficult. Um, I was a medical social worker. And so if you already know, in the medical social work realm, especially on the inpatient side, it's so fast paced. You don't even have time to sit down and talk to anybody, let alone complete supervision. So I had to do a lot of things um, outside of work. Um, to gain my hours and to gain additional knowledge. So, um, and it was also really hard to maintain or maintain um, organization because 
you know, I would have one social work supervisor and then she would leave and then I'll have another one and they would leave. And then, you know, I wanted to create a central place to house all of your clinical social work documents, meaning like your your um, contracts and paperwork. And then I also wanted to just maintain, um, you know, a central place to log in all your hours, your CEUs, and also give some tips to how to make supervision great for yourself and your supervisor. Um, so that's why I included Rise's um, supervision topics as well in my planner. So I just wanted to just have a, a specific place and a specific book that social workers can use throughout their supervision journey. It's 30 months. So it's a, you know, because supervision is not always exactly two years, right? So it's 30 months and you can go through and document and have everything in one location. So when you're ready to apply for your license, um, you won't be scrambling, looking for your, all your paperwork, um, looking for your signatures. Everything is in one specific place. Yes. I've heard so many horror stories about people who... Um, they did their clinical supervision, but they never got their supervisor to sign off. And now their supervisor is gone or fired yeah. or passed away, right? Died. Yes. Um, and That's, another tip. That's another tip that I, um, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, that I tell people all the time, when you are done with your clinical supervision, or if you leave a job, get your paperwork before you do leave before you do anything else get your documents and your paperwork so like for me when I I have a um a supervisee who is actually leaving a position that I'm contracted with so I told her you know set in, set in stone we're going to do your all your paperwork and documents now so you can have it so you won't try to find me a year or two later and I'm unavailable I would hate for that to happen you know god forbid so Let's do it now. Let's have all our documents now and, and, and laid out. And then you can move on with, you know, your new supervisor and in, in your new role. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cause I've heard of sub where they lost those hours and mm -hmm. now they have to do them, start over and do them all again. And oh man, it, it, mm -hmm. it can be a headache. So yes, definitely stay, stay organized. Um, and I will say it's not always two years for your clinical supervision. Most states, that's about what it is. But some states, man, it's it can take it like four years. I mean, the hours could be double um, or it could be less depending on, on your state. So um, definitely check into that, you know, wherever you live or you'll be working. Yes, absolutely. And so, um, you know, t can you remind us again, I know you kind of hinted and teased us a little bit at the beginning, but tell us, you know, what kind of services that you offer and where can we connect with you and get our hands on this planner? So, um, I, so Bold Black Social Worker is a, a consulting company that I created. And so the services that I um, offer is that I offer career consultations. And so with career consultations, I pretty much help social workers in the area um, locate jobs that are not traditional to for not social traditional social work roles. Um, I help them tap into roles like macro positions, program management, things of that nature. Um, because a lot of social workers really don't know all that they can do as a social worker. So that's something that I provide. Um, I also provide clinical social work supervision for social workers in DC, Maryland, and Virginia. 
Um, and so I offer that, but as of right now, I am booked up. I have, I'm completely filled and booked with supervisees. So, um, I have a wait list, but you can always, um, do a, a free social work consultation with me and um, I can put you on the wait list for you know the next time I have an opening because quite a few of my supervisees will be testing fairly soon okay awesome and if you do need a clinical supervisor Lucretia's full but you can go to risedirectory.com and view clinical supervisors all over the United States we have over a hundred people who are currently listed there. So, um, and we're growing every day. We're still relatively new. So I would encourage you to go and check it out and um, and reach out to the people who, who might be able to help you. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much, Lucretia. Did we cover everything? Was there anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, I think we did cover everything and you guys can book any type of a consultation with me or purchase the planner on my website, um, which is bbsocialworker.com or uh, reach out to my Instagram page, which is bold black social worker on Instagram. And that link is also in the show notes. So definitely go and check it out. Thank you so much, Lucretia. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.